really proud, proud of the effort that we saw from our boys. Uh, a lot of credit to Boise State, really good team. Um, and we knew that it had come down to controlling the trenches and um, trying to be physical in their, their physical team. You know, and I'm glad that things went our way and, and we were able to capitalize. And there's still a lot of things to fix, um, a lot of things that we know we can do better and improve upon. So um, got a lot of a lot of bodies on the field. We're able to get a lot of guys getting some playing time, some experience, and looking forward to building off of this and getting better next week. And, um, you know, I'm just really proud of the of the physical play our guys had and, and the effort that they showed and, and um, love the way that they played with sportsmanship tonight as well. So it was a good moment at the end of the game. We were able to say a prayer with, with Boise State in midfield and share that moment and all the time of the pandemic and, and uh, you know, a lot of things going on in this world. It was good to be able to do that with our opponents and share that moment with them. So thank you for the win and let's keep rolling. Let's keep getting better and, and uh, get better for next week. Take any questions you guys have. Okay, we'll start with Mitch, Jared, and Norma. Go ahead, Mitch. Lonnie, what was the message at half that, that kind of maybe spearheaded that that 35-point output in the second half to, to put this thing away? Well, I, I think the guys were really frustrated at, at their the performance because the first half wasn't our best. And I, I know um, for the offense and defense, when I got into the locker room, um, when I walked in, they were already talking. There's already conversations going on. Leaders were speaking up and – it was a good moment. I didn't have to say much. And so it was a good moment for me to take a step back, let the, let the players and, and, and the leaders uh, conversate with each other. I went and talked to the coaches, um, some things that we could do, some adjustments we can make on, on, on offense, defense, and special teams and, and get out there and challenge the players. And, and, but the, the truth is the players had, had the answer for themselves. They, they know exactly what's expected from our coaching staff, from me as a head coach. They know how, what our standard is, and they knew we weren't playing to our standard, and so they corrected it. And by the time I, I was able to talk to the team before we took the field, they were ready to go. And so uh, I, I'm just thankful that we have coaches and, and leaders on this team that, that take the initiative themselves, and they don't need to listen to the head coach. Uh, we, all the, the head coach speech has been going on all week in preparation for these guys. So they knew what, what the expectations and the demand and the, the standard is for us. Kalani, this team's talked all year about how it's a it's a joint unit, offense, defense, special teams. It really felt like the the first half you had to rely on the defense. They held Boise State. They gave up the one long drive, but held them to to just three points in that half, and that kind of allowed the the offense time to get rolling. How big was the defensive performance, particularly there in the first half? Listen, we had a great game plan on all three phases. Felt really good about our coaches, our coordinators. Felt great about Ed Lamb and the, and the things that he was able to do to, to get our, our uh, special teams ready and Jeff Grimes and our, and our offense and Elisa Tuyaki in our defense. So we had a great game plan going into this week, going to this game. Thankful that the players were able to execute it. They knew some of the issues when it wasn't working out. They knew what to, what to fix. But I give a lot of credit to our coaches getting them ready, you know, and, and uh, re- really not worried about the score and when things aren't going your way. You just, you just kind of stick to the fundamentals of the game. And having our players, our coaches be focused on that, huge, huge positive for us. And so uh, we, we know that we're going to lean on, on all three phases as a team and, and back each other up. Uh, we want to be aggressive and, and play a, a team football game. This was a team win. And so uh, I know that there's times that the defense need to step up and times that the offense need to step up and special teams and saw some really good things from all three phases. But I'm just telling you, like, <clears throat> Ed Lamb and, and Eli Satuyaki had a plan on defense and did a great job communicating it to the rest of the coaches and to the, to the players. Jeff Grimes, A-Rod, and the offensive bunch had a great game plan for the offense, and Ed Lamb had a great game plan for special teams. So all that stuff worked together. 
And there's the proof right there. So really proud of our coaches and, and the things they were able to get done this week. Uh, you guys had your very first ranked opponent for the season. You guys had never won on the Smurf turf. What type of statement did tonight's game give out? Well, the focus on the team isn't to really talk about anything that's happened that they can't control. They can only control tonight. They can only control being ready and they can only control day to day and one play at a time. So keeping our guys focused is the key. I don't think the pass could help you in, in this situation. And, and, you know, if we're just living the moment at this time, then we get to enjoy every part of it. And then really just that's the only thing you can address and, and improve on. This team has been razor sharp in their focus, and I've been really proud of them. And it hasn't it's, – it's everybody included. I, I mean, the coaching staff, the, the support staff, and the players, everyone is on, on the same page here and um, love seeing it as a head coach. Okay, for those that might be first-timers with us, um, just make, if you want to ask a question, make sure to use the raise the hand function so I can see you want to ask a question, and we'll try to get to you. But our next three will be Jake, Jay, and Mitch. Yeah, Kalani, I wanted to ask you about the end of the first half, the you guys not getting the field goal team out there. What exactly went down with that? Well, we knew going into that, that side of the field is going into a, a, a wind. And so we needed to get closer. And obviously it was fourth down. We were running out of time, ran out of timeouts. And so we were trying to get a play called. There's a miscommunication with everyone getting lined up. And, and I, I mentioned there's things that we need to fix and get better. And that was one of them, you know, and, and we left some points out on the, on the field. That's okay. We, um, we were able to just keep playing and stay, stay with it. We knew what the issues were. It wasn't like we went into halftime saying, oh, crap, what do we do? We knew what the issues were. We had to address them and correct them, and, and there it is. You know, we have, we have players that, that can figure it out and, and coaches that can figure it out, and I'm just thankful that they were able to do it. But um, those are missed opportunities that I – it bugs me as a head coach. I know it bugs you guys as media members. You want us to score a lot of points. I get it. You know, but – the, the question was, do we run out our, our hurry-up field goal unit at that point and we're going into a stiff wind or do we just try to get a playoff and then hopefully get a first down because it was fourth, hopefully get a first down, spike the ball and get a, a closer field goal for our kicker. Kicker wanted to kick it and I made a decision that we should just try to get a play. It took a, a while because we didn't get the, the, the call communicated to everyone. So we didn't snap the ball on time, something that we can work on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that fixed uh, tomorrow and, and working on Monday. Well, I mean, you left Zach in a little longer than we've seen you leave him in in past games when the game was in control. What, what, what was your plan there? What, why did you do that? They were kicking onside's kick, and we wanted to manage the ball and manage the game. And uh, nobody that we trust more than Zach at that point. You know, we felt like there's a, a swing opportunity and we wanted to make sure they put him in there and communicate. We, we had some miscommunication on place, obviously, even when Zach was in. But, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we get the right call, secure the football and make sure we make the right checks. And so that was the, the key for that. Well, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It's we're just playing football. Speaking of Zach Kalani, uh, has he made his case loud and clear that he should be in the Heisman race? I'm not even worried about that. Just trying to get better. We, you know, he he's going to want to get better, and, and he's he's he's. You think you guys are frustrated? I'm frustrated about that end of the half. You should talk to Zach. He's frustrated, so he wants to get better. And um, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. We're trying to keep this team focused on getting better and uh, control what we can control. And that's let everybody else do the talking, whether it's praise or criticism. 
let them do all the talking. We know what we need to fix, and we're just going to keep our team focused on getting that done. Okay, let's go Jake and Norma. Kalani, I wanted to ask you, you guys have two games remaining in the season here, but there's six weeks approximately of the season left. Do you have hopes and aspirations you guys will add more games as the season gets closer to an end? Tom Homo's a great athletic director. He's done a great job at organizing the schedule. I think a lot of teams know how to communicate with him and with us. And, uh, you know, we, he told me to get the team ready to play 12 games early back in August. And so we're ready for 12 games. And if that works out, then great. If not, then we'll just be thankful for what we have. But uh, a lot of gratitude for him and his staff to get this the schedule going. And gratitude for Boise for taking this game and for the other opponents to taking our uh, be putting us on their schedule. So, you know, with all that being said, we're just thankful to keep playing this game. And, and um, we know we, we, we may have some bias here and there, but, like, we're going to get better. We're going we're gonna to find ways to get better during the week and improve whether we play a game or not. <clears throat> Quickly, any update on Lopini and or George Udo? Yeah, George um, didn't look like he was going to be able to return, but we should get him back and same thing with Lopini. So um, looking at the the full story, I mean, when I say that, it's like you just know that they're, they're nothing showing that they're going to be out for the rest of the season. So that's a positive. We'll keep working with that. And I think that that's the limit of the injuries, Brett. Is that right? Yeah, so – uh, feel good about those guys. I mean, you hate seeing guys on on crutches or guys with ice packs on, but that's that's um, you know we just keep working with it and just fortunate that that they weren't too serious and we're looking forward to getting them back as soon as possible, even as early as the next game. After seven straight weeks of playing games, you guys are having your first bye week since the whole COVID debacle and playing um, taking some time after Navy. What are you going to be focusing on? What do you hope to see from your players during this time? Improvement. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if we have to scrimmage or do something to, to simulate uh, opportunity to improve on what we did this, this week, tonight, then, then that's what we have to do. But improvement, get, get guys that are, that are banged up, healed up, and then be stronger as a team. That's what we need to do. Take advantage of the time that we have. And stronger, just not physically, but mentally learning the game of football and situational football. And that's where, you know, we can do a better job. I, I think you try to cover as many situations. We had a, um, a kickoff that was a little bit uh, scary. You know, Caleb was trying to decide whether or not to let it run out of bounds. And, and he had to decide just to either cover it up right at that moment or because they had a couple guys barreling down. And those are things that we need to, we need to shore up. We, we, we gave up a onsides kick on uh, uh, um, in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at that and, and, and test our guys even more. But it's good to see them respond back and cover up the next one. Good job by Boise on the execution of it all. We had to take a timeout to get our hands team out there and, and uh, glad that we were able to get get the next one. We gave up some big plays at the in the fourth quarter, some big throws that just were unfortunate. We you know we we had some mis um, some mistakes, and it's my fault as a coach. You know we got to make sure we communicate to our players the coverage and make sure that they're executing well. So we just you know just that those are things that on the top of my head that I wish we can improve on, and really looking forward to getting better next week. And that's that's the key. We're gonna find a way to get better. Let's head down to the Cougar locker room area and bring in the head coach of the BYU Cougars. His name is Kalani Sitake. Kalani, congratulations. Thanks, guys. So what, uh, what, what kind of feeling did you have coming into tonight about what your team could do and how much of that feeling was, uh, was justified or, or, or came to fruition once you look back on this game tonight? Well, I think um, personally you and I had some words after, you know, and we talked a little bit today, and, and I expressed to you how good I feel about this team and about our game plan, you know, and 
Uh, I'm just glad that 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 was actually confirmed tonight. <laughs> you know, but just really feel good about our guys, and it seems like we we um we had a good game plan. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuyaki had a great game plan in place, and they knew what they wanted to do. And, and against this system of an offense that can score a lot of points, and uh, executed well, and then they be able to communicate that with the coaches and and get it taught to the players. In a short amount of time, um, it, it was a brilliant move by those guys, and I'm, I'm so proud of them, so proud of our players. And then offensively, you can't complain when you're putting points up on the board like that. And I like that our defense was able to create some turnovers. Um, I don't know if we took full advantage of the turnovers and some good field position, but there's some things that we definitely can fix and get better, and, and I'm looking forward to getting better as a team because that's, what this, that's how this team is built. But overall, really thankful for the win. But I... I don't want to <clears throat> let the win overshadow some of the problems that we had and some of the mistakes that we made. So there's a, always a chance for us to get better and, and really, really excited about making those those changes and, and improving it into the next game. Coach, you talked about in your postgame presser, you mentioned uh, the coaches and uh, the game plan that they put together. And we've talked a lot in all of our postgame interviews previously this season about player development. I want to talk about coaching development. Like, how does a coach actually get better? Is it just a function of the staff gels better as a whole and they know how to collaborate better. How are you, it seems, I mean, because it's been relatively the same coaching staff the last three years, yet there's been significant improvements made with the same guys. How does how does a staff even develop? Describe that process a little bit for us. Well, it takes coaches without egos and um, coaches with, with the mindset of improving and then really having the the thought of players being the key, right? And I've I've been around a lot of coaches that say the right things and say, oh, he should have thrown here. We should have done this instead of done that. That that does me no good, you know. And and it's not about the players, the coaches knowing. It's about the players actually doing it on the field and getting better. And so I don't want to hear the answers from the coach on the sideline or on the headphones if the players aren't giving me the answers on the field. And so to have coaches that are that are committed to getting better but focused on trying to really caring and loving these players, that's the key, you know. And it takes time for that to happen, uh, for the coaches, for the players to trust the coaches and for the coaches to, to demand and have those expectations of their players. But um, just happy that, that it's working out. But the, the key is that our coaches uh, aren't just uh, – it's easy to just say, well, we just need to get better players. Everyone says that. <laughs> you know, okay, how are you going to make them better? How can we get better players with the things that we're limited with and the restrictions that we have that people say you can't recruit? Yeah, we can. We can just develop our and recruit our guys. And it, it, it's taking in each individual as a, someone that you actually love and care about and trying to get the best out of them and getting the most out of those players. And I, I honestly say our, I love our coaches, the way that they approach the, these, the, the, the players, the individuals. And that's what it's all about. That's what Lavelle was built on. And, and a lot of great coaches do that, you know. And, and I've seen a lot of great coaches um, develop and get better at that. And it's a skill that if they're just connected and if they're just committed to helping young men get better and, and not worried about their own ego or, or, or any criticism or feedback. I mean, I, I'm, I think feedback is a wonderful gift, whether it's, it's a positive or negative. It's something that you can actually know about and, and, and learn and, and if you don't know, then how are you supposed to improve? And I'm, I'm glad our coaches are, have that approach to the game. Kalani, you guys got a lot out of two days of practice, didn't you? We did, yeah. <laughs> and and um, we were able to capitalize on it. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, for some of the schemes that we had, there was all, obviously some mis, some miscommunication out there. We had some mistakes out there in, in all three phases. It wasn't just one thing. And maybe we did try to do a little bit too much. And then maybe 
we thought too highly of our coaching and our game planning where we made things a little bit too difficult. But it's it's kind of how you approach these games. You're just like, well, I just want to make sure that we have everything in store and everything ready. And and uh, maybe we we could have we could have uh, scaled back a little bit. And uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I think there's ways for all of us to improve, and 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 coaches especially are ones that we need to work on. And so as a head coach, I think being able to, I'm open for criticism and for feedback as well, just like all the all the other coaches were. It's a pretty impressive third quarter, uh, 22 to nothing, that really kind of sealed the deal for BYU. This is after you led 16 to three. I'm throwing, I'm sure you were happy with leading 16 to three at halftime, but I'm sure you felt there was a lot more uh, left in the tank that you could give. Yeah, and there just there was things. I mean, you have to get credit for Boise for some things that they were doing. They're obviously, um, you know, managing the clock, working the the clock a little bit, trying to possess more time, um, and then they're, they're trying to establish a run game. And then they made some plays, but. The frustrating part was that we didn't we didn't communicate well enough in the first half uh, on defense and special teams and and offense. There were some mistakes out there, and then we left some plays out on the field and some great opportunities, you know, with with turnovers and field position and all that stuff. There's a lot of things that that we saw mistakes that were made that we can really get better on, and and I'm glad that we were able to capitalize on it with a win. But man, there there's some missed opportunities, and I wish we could have that back. But I'm glad, uh, you know. I mentioned in the post-game um, press conference, but I came into the into the locker room. Players are already addressing it. You know how nice that is hmm. when I get to go cut, talk to my coaches, but then I come out and the players like, "Hey, you just make sure you do this." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we already talked about that. Yeah, we already talked about that." I, that's what, that was my answer. To everything I asked about, I was like, <laughs> "All right, then, what do you need me for? Like, let's just go out there and just get the get the ball back and try to score." You know, and and, and um, Man, I just—it's working. It's working. So as long as we keep building it and keep working the the, the, the system that we have in place, our culture, uh, I think I think that that's going to be good. When the players take the initiative themselves, it's a beautiful moment. Coach, I thought the blocked punt was uh, to me that was a, a real great demonstration of who this team really is. Now, and now I want you to tell me if it was drawn off or just uh, to me it looked like you had two starters who were in the game in the fourth quarter of a game that had been long since been decided in a blowout going that to me looked like an effort I, unless you tell me otherwise was there a weakness when we signed there because to me it just looked like Kyrus and Max wanted it more and they went and got it well it's it was safe return we have our safe defense out wow. there you know and but that's uh, that's what we when we have our safe out there we, we're telling our guys hey it's another play we're not just a, a, just going to let them punt the ball and not get a return so we have a return in place we have holdups we want to force the kick we don't want to just give them time to get a nice kickoff and then and then uh for us to just take take the ball at the 45 48 yard line you know, from the punt we want to we want to hurry them up and let them know that anytime we have a chance to be physical in a game we're going to take advantage of it they did it they blocked the pat they um they forced us to pull another one you know so uh we've got to get our kicking game going i think jake was a little a uh, little bit uh hampered tonight but no excuses he's got to make those kicks he made the field goal and that was good but um, you know, there's a lot of things to improve on, but I, I'm telling you, our players will work hard. If they give us the effort, if they give us that type of effort all the time, then we're going to be in a good place. Kalani Sitake and the Cougs are in a good place. 8-0 on the season. We'll come back from this break and have concluding comments from the coach as we continue from Boise's Albertson Stadium. Number 9, BYU defeats number 21, Boise State, by a final score of 51-17. to You heard it all right here tonight on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, for the fifth time in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU has a game in which the Cougars rush for 200-plus and pass for 300-plus. And the Cougars, not surprisingly, are 5-0 and in those games. In fact, if you go back to the first season Lavelle got here as head coach, it's happened 50 times. 50, 5-0, when BYU's run for 200 or more, pass for 300 or more, and BYU's 50-0 and when that happens. Pretty good formula for victory. BYU does get the victory. 51-17 over Boise State tonight. Another four-quarter scoring game. Points in every quarter. You win a lot of those games, too. And I just want to bring up Gunnar Romney for a second tonight, Kalani, because, man, that guy... Didn't get a touchdown tonight, but he again sets you up inside the five-yard line multiple times after catches, and he took some punishment out there tonight. I'm glad he, he got up and was able to get you know back in the game a couple of times. Man, he, he put it out there tonight for you. One of the toughest guys on our team, and, and not afraid to go up and get the ball knowing that he's going to get punished and probably hit, expose some of his ribs and things like that, and, and such a tough kid, man. And uh, I don't think he has a problem with catching the ball inside the five-yard line, setting up our offense, and He's such a great target. He, he's got some room to make up some plays because he missed the game, and um, I'm glad he was able to get some yards, get some catches, and get some targets, and really, really proud of the, what, what we've seen from our, our receiving core and from our, our tight ends. Boise began the season with Hank Bachmeyer. They then went to Air Force with Sears. Sears begins the game but leaves early tonight, and so you saw a couple of guys you probably uh, didn't know much about. Uh, what can you say about what the, uh, the backups did tonight for Boise State? Yeah, well, they're system team, so... Th- a lot of times you see that uh, Sears came in against Air Force and was efficient, threw the ball really well. And so, I mean, you know, they, they had to go to Finnegan, and that's that's just part of the game. You have to use some of your depth. And Last year you had to use your number three to, to, to play Boise State. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the game, you know. And, and we, we had some some backups playing in, in some a really, really important role for us and then play some significant reps tonight. And, um, you know, that's <clears throat> we just keep working with it and, and the key is just getting better. I, I'm not. I'm not really concerned about who's back there throwing the ball. I just want to get to him and disrupt and get some turnovers. Yeah, I mean it speaks. So I, I want to ask you about the offensive line and the attitude that they've cultivated in that room. It seems like they're a really cohesive unit. But more, I want to. We talked about the quarterback and all that. Like I, as a guy who broke a rib against San Jose State on a quarterback sneak, you know, and it affected me the rest of the game. But like. That speaks to me. That was a microcosm. So everyone's going to be like, oh, he got out. Well, yeah, he got out because he quarterback sneaked it, and the defense pummeled him. Like, you run that risk. It's a fit, it's a contact sport. It's a violent game. And uh, I, anyway, I just, Coach, I love the way that you, your dudes, they execute so well, and they play so physical, but they stay in control. But going back to the offensive line, again, these guys, it's it, it's as solid as a unit as uh, as I since I've been around at least aware enough of BYU football as an offensive line unit, how do those guys just continue to deliver week in week out? Great group, great kids from great families, and they have some really good instruction from uh, from Mattels and from Grimy, and so um, you know. But they just play. They, they they take everything. They take everything personal. So when the quarterback gets hit, they get upset. And a lot of the a lot of the mistakes, the sacks that were happening, it was either bad, uh, bad route ran or, or you know, just Zach holding onto the ball too long. And so we've we've got to get that fixed. But um, you know, our guys they hate hate when the quarterback gets hit, and they hate when um, there's you know we're getting t- giving up some TFLs and things like that. But um, I trust our our O line D line. I trust them to establish physical part of the game from the very beginning. And I think I saw it from both sides, and and they go when they go head to head in practice. That's a 
it's scary, but it's like it's, necess- it's, it's a necessity for our success, and, and uh, it carries over to the games. The stats people gave uh, Neil Pau'u a rush instead of Zach Wilson a pass on the screen near the goal line. Uh, have you seen that, or did, 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 did Zach or anyone talk about it going forward or backward, or what did you hear about that? Oh, I don't know. I, I I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, at the time, I I just thought it was a screen and a touchdown pass. But they say the ball went backward and that Neil actually got the rush and Zach didn't get the touchdown pass. Oh. It just affects his touchdown total as all. Well. I was just curious. Well, to know Neil if it was wants a... the receiving catch. He doesn't want the rushing. He wants the receiving too. There's multiple reasons we should appeal that to the statisticians. I think. Hey, who cares? It's 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 six points. That's all I care six about. And six, yeah. yeah. And and another pass efficiency rating night of 200 plus for Zach he's now got eight for his career and that's a, a brand new BYU record so uh, you know he has six incompletions on the night I, I guess he set such a high bar that we go wow just a, another another you know typical great night for Zach Wilson now yeah it's, it's I mean he's he's doing for the most part making great decisions right and and, and um uh, like I said, I, I think if there's any mistakes out there, it always goes onto the quarterback, where, whether it's a, a misread on the route or pass protection or something. But we expect the quarterback to be responsible for all of it. And, and that's why he, we need him in the game. He makes great decisions, makes the right checks, makes sure that he says the right things to the to the people that are on the field. And that stuff goes a long way. But his leadership and his, his, his style of being able to get this offense in, in, in rhythm has been has been really, really for me, impressive to see as, as a coach. And, and I know A-Rod, and he has been working really hard on that. Kalani, you're five weeks away now from your next FBS game. If nothing else happens to your schedule, does something else need to happen to your schedule to put something else on there between now and San Diego State? Well, we, we can only control what we can control, and that's just make sure that we're ready to go. And, and we don't play next week, but we need to improve and get better as a team get stronger as a team and we will work on that if a game shows up we'll be ready for it just want to make sure that our guys are these guys are ready for more games we ask them to get ready for 12 so we can earn some more and so they'll be ready we just need to make sure that uh that our mindset is to get better and not get flat and if we have the scrimmage we can do that as well what do you what do you think you've said to the country through eight games of football I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't listen to what they have to say. I listen to you guys because you guys are, <laughs> you guys know what you're talking about, right? But I, I don't know what criticism or praise or anything anyone else has to say. I'm just going to get this team focused. If if I'm asking our players to be focused on playing the next week and getting better, then I need to lead the way and be an example to them as well. So I, I don't know what anyone else is saying. I just know that we're ranked number nine right now, and who knows what's going to happen. But I enjoy. I'm going to enjoy watching some football tomorrow and. And uh, we're going to try to get better as a team. I'm going to watch the film on the flight home, and uh, we're going to make we're going to make sure we fix the mistakes that we made. All right, coach, you're probably going to give me uh, a, another answer that's similar to the one you just gave. But okay. here's here, here's one of my theories. Like going into, I think we knew Texas State was struggling a little bit, and I think we knew Western Kentucky was struggling a little bit. But all the other teams coming into the game. We are solid football programs. Louisiana Tech's, you know, still got a winning record. Houston's a good football team. This Boise team's obviously good. But do you feel like you guys are hurting yourself? Because you make everyone look like trash. You, like, whoop everyone, and so everyone walks away from the game like, oh, maybe they weren't that good. And I know you're not, you don't have your finger on the pulse of that, but like you guys are playing so well, you're making good teams look bad. Wouldn't you say, I mean, I look at it and six out of your six out of your eight opponents are good football teams, like vying for bowl eligibility. You have, you've had a couple that have struggled and yet the result has been the same regardless. Listen, and, and, and I'm going to try to say this in a nice way. We are going to be a physical brand of football. We are a tough group 
and and when you play us, you're gonna feel us, and it it may last for uh, an entire season, it may last a couple weeks, but we're gonna make sure that you feel us, whether you win or lose or whatever happens, whatever the result is, we're gonna show up, we're gonna play physical football, we're gonna play with some sportsmanship, right? We're gonna try to honor the game the right way, but we're gonna give all our effort, and that's not really indicative of anything I that I do as a head coach. It's what these kids come to me as. They're tough kids that want to play, and so when we play the game, um, I don't know what the score is gonna say. But I know that they're going to feel us, and, and they're going to, we're going to remind them that they played BYU after that game's done. And so that's, the, that's just what happens. That's the byproduct of what we do when we play this physical brand of football. I love it. Well, Kalani, once again, congratulations on, on a first-ever win for BYU at Boise State. And, and winning here is tough. Winning here the way you did is tougher. In fact, it was the first year. You know, uh, Boise joined the FBS back in 1996, and that was the last time they lost a home game by more points than then, then you beat them by tonight by a 34-point margin. So it, 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 this doesn't happen too frequently. And so it was pretty remarkable what you guys pulled off, and especially on short week of work. And uh, just really happy for you and the boys and excited to see what's next. Happy for all of us. But, the, guys, there's, there's a lot more to prove. There's a lot of things that we got to get better at, and, and uh, the urgency has got to be there. Whether we play a game or not, we're going to get better by next week. I promise you that. Kalani, thank you. Safe travels, and we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Go Cougs, guys. Thank you so much. Love you guys. All right, that is Kalani Sitake. We will come back with Cougar Nation Now, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. You can get your tweets in right now, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation Now. We'll talk to Cougar Nation next. BYU 51, Boise State 17, our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.